First and Sticks, Volume 2, Week 2 Edition. If you checked us out last week, or checked us out, I guess it's just myself right now until we get a guest on here. Not sure if we're, uh, when we're going to do a guest, maybe on the bye weeks, just because I can't make this like an hour long, or hour and a half pod. I guess it was already an hour long last week. But to all those who checked it out, uh, looks like it had a ton of listens, so greatly appreciate the quick support. Hope it was useful for you. And uh, all the information, I guess, if there's any feedback you have, please just feel free to reach out to me at Twitter at StixPicks, S-T-I-X-P-I-C-K-S. If there's more information you want that I touched on or less information you want that I rambled on, please feel free to reach out. Uh, we'll start with week one, the good. Um, over at Wind Daily Sports, if you check out the article for the cash game and GPP stuff, Everything cashed. Uh, GPPs were a little bit of a letdown because how heavy I was on Mr. Russell Wilson. And God damn, what was Sean Payton doing? They played so slow. I swear every time I was watching that game, Russell was calling hike with three or four seconds left on the play clock. When he was cruising, they were so efficient on offense. Javante looked good. Piran looked good. Something looked good for when they looked at him. I don't know. It's like the the Broncos played not to lose instead of stepping on the throat on a very bad defense that the Las Vegas Raiders brought to town. So I'll get pretty pissed off about Russ um, a little bit later, but pretty pretty interesting. The average depth target for Russell Wilson and that Denver's Broncos offense, it is very small sample size, just one game, but was down four and a half yards compared to last year's averages. The only other team that just refused to stretch the ball down the field or take a deep shot, just make the defense respect something deep with the Chicago Bears with damn near a six-yard difference for Justin Fields. I think his eight out was like three yards pretty much. So absolutely pathetic there, but we'll get into that. The good, man, everything about Ayuk and that coverage with the uh, the cover one and the blitz that Pittsburgh was going to bring was advantage Ayuk. We talked about that. Ayuk absolutely smashed. Downside there, I had him in my GPP lineup at the time of recording this last week. Then I uh, kind of just got talked off of playing that game a little bit. But I, you know, listen to other people, which I hate to do that, especially, you know, trust your gut. Like, even if you're listening to me, don't let me sway your opinion by any means. But pretty much the Isaiah Likely shit, too. So when Andrews got ruled out, I decided I was just going to kind of eat the chalk in both lineups. Obviously, in cash, you wanted to lock in, likely, because it didn't matter what he did. But I took the savings at tight end, and that ended up having me shift my lineup around and got off of Brandon Ayuk some way, somehow. So that sucks for me. Um, Other good, the Chubb reception prop. If you're a part of the uh, the betting sheet that I do, it's mainly just player props. It's it's free. I don't want to say it's like professional advice or anything like that. Just showing the card that I have for the week. If you guys are interested in that, reach out to me again on Twitter. It's just a Google sheet. I could share it with whoever. So feel free if you want that. But uh, I even wrote, I took the Chubb prop three times uh, at over two and a half receptions when I saw the juice was on the over. I believe it opened at one point or uh, plus 124. Then I, obviously I hit that. Then I got to uh, 134. Had to hit that on principle. Then I saw like 136 and then I posted in there. All right, it's getting personal now. So I went back to the well again, but he got that in the first quarter. So Hell yeah, Nick Chubb. We love to see that. Uh, Donald Parham. How about that shit? Um, Pretty much just learning all about Kellen Moore's scheme and what he does in the red zone. We talked about those tight ends. Both Gerald Everett and Donald Parham should have a tick up in usage this year, especially in the red zone. I believe I even broke down those numbers for my anticipated 
end zone and red zone shares for those tight ends and how much i think it was like eight percent um, hikes so great for that donald parham plus 750 cashes that one. Oh shit he almost had a second touchdown so hey everybody we're all gonna get late and then everything tyreek just said we're gonna lock him in that's obviously not reinventing the wheel or anything like that he was a pretty popular play but just conviction there just sticking him in every single lineup that i built Probably want to diversify a little bit more than I do, but I kind of play an all-or-nothing type of slate. Worked out for me this week. Um, But the bad, Rashad White. I talked a little bit about how I liked his situation. He was so ineffective on the ground, and that was pretty poor to see, but maybe a good spot here against the Bears coming up. And, man, he was pass-blocking a lot too, so I don't know if that was just a game script for what they had planned for the Minnesota Vikings defense or if – a proven pass catcher like Rashad White just not going to run a lot of routes, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Jamar, Jamar Chase and the Bengals, I'm just going to chalk that one up to brutal weather. It was raining like crazy. I did not see that forecast being that bad, but luckily did get off that in GPPs once I found my uh, love for Russell Wilson. And then the Rams. I had absolutely no read on that offense. I thought they're going to get the doors beat off them. I actually had Seattle in one of my two survivor picks, so that sucks. But, yeah, I would have never got you to 2-2 Atwell or Puka Nakua. And Puka, man, the guy was second in targets per route ran if he ran over a 25% route share. So, great week for him. I'm not going to just go all in on Fab or anything like that and pick him up. It's a, it's a great waiver play if you have him, but... I'm going to see that situation develop a little bit more in a tough matchup here against the San Francisco 49ers. And then one I am pretty pissed about, I was dead fucking wrong about that Colts offense. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Played insanely quick, which you should have saw coming if you just look at Shane Steichen's history. Um, But man... The Colts offense, I thought they are going to suck. I was even questioning why the spread was so close. I'm lucky I didn't bet that one because that was kind of like a trap line in my eyes. But, yeah, the Colts offense, they look decent. Anthony Richardson looks decent. It was Houston's defense, but I uh, I didn't even have them close to playing at a fast pace, uh, fast pace in my projections. So there we go. Um, let's get into the week two here. Uh, make sure you check out all the articles on windailysports.com, the GPP and cash one. We got uh, waiver wire articles, all that good stuff. But week two injuries. Shit, yeah, I feel like we're in the middle of November right now, especially last week. I feel like the injury portion was like five minutes of the show. But Greg Dulcich likely out. Um don't think that you guys are going to have a ton of interest in Denver's offense this week, but maybe a take up to Adam Troutman. Uh, Evan Hole placed on the IR. Zach Moss is probably back in. I don't think I have any interest in that Houston backfield right now. The New York Giants uh, left tackle Andrew Thomas has a hamstring injury that is doubtful. The player props for Saquon Barkley right now are through the roof, and ownership is quite low. I'm seeing 5% right now. Looks like the majority of the public's just going to try to pay up for Christian McCaffrey on DraftKings. Um, I'm FanDuel, man, just real quick. I said I don't really play there often. Their pricing is so, so, so soft this week. I think Stefan Diggs is 8K on FanDuel when he's 8K on DraftKings. That's pretty wild. So uh, you could certainly give FanDuel a look if you're typically a DraftKings player. I may have the majority of my bankroll for GPPs at least on FanDuel this week. But yeah, Andrew Thomas, that is a 
is a loss for the New York Giants. The matchup is probably a cakewalk against the Arizona Cardinals, but Andrew Thomas is one of their best run and pass blockers. That is a hamstring and doubtful. Aaron Jones, we are questionable with the hamstring. Obviously, we saw him uh, run that touchdown and, and grab the hammy. You never want to see that, but the Baltimore Ravens, holy shit. Maybe this is the Joe Burrow coming out party. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. Marlon Humphrey, questionable with a foot injury. He is one of their better cover corners. Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle. He is a great blocker, both pass and run. He is out with a knee injury. Tyler Linderbaum, the second-year player, I believe, a stud center for them, a great blocker. He is out with an ankle injury. And then Marcus Williams tore his peck, this safety. He is also great in coverage. He is out. So, uh I don't know how Baltimore's going to try to cover Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Um, I guess if there's anything you saw from the Browns tape, you want to put a shit ton of pressure on Joe Burrow. But I don't know. Joe Burrow usually kills the blitz, and they get rid of the ball so quick. So I don't know if that was just kind of a fluke thing again with the weather. Uh, Jacoby Myers for the Raiders out with a concussion most likely. I'm assuming he's still out. He got absolutely laid out. That was a pretty scary hit. Charles Cross, a left tackle for Seattle. He is out. With a toe injury, he is a great pass blocker. And then their other uh, tackle, I believe, Abraham Lucas, is out. And he is a very good pass and run blocker. So Seattle's offensive line is decimated. Um, so they're trying to sign Marcus Peters, who's like 41 years old. So good luck there. The only, like, I was very interested in Kenneth Walker. You still probably lock him in in cash right now. I'm seeing a 20% ownership projection against Detroit. Detroit's run defense was pretty damn good against Kansas City. Kansas City really doesn't run the ball a whole lot either, so I wouldn't look a ton into that, but Kenneth Walker may be fadeable in GPPs. Uh, We'll see. The prop market certainly likes him a little bit, so I always like to factor that in. Uh, Kalijah Kansi, we talked about him for the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. He did give it a go. Looks like he re-aggravated that calf. He is a... uh, tackle defensive tackle and pass rusher for the Tampa Bay Bucks. it is likely that he is out I have him as doubtful and then Carlton Davis um, the corner one of the better cover corners in Tampa Bay Tampa Bay literally gave up like 270 yards in the first half to Kirk Cousins sure the Vikings probably pass it more than anybody in the NFL but this may be a coming out party for Mr. Justin Fields check out my article and stuff for more info on that if I'm actually going to go there in GPPs uh, Christian Isian, also the safety for the Bucks, will play some corner and some nickel. He is questionable with a concussion. I would assume he doesn't go, but again, Tampa Bay, man. Um, defense is not looking great. Obviously, the Bears' offense looked awful last week, so certainly a risk if you want to go to the Bears. Uh, Christian Watson did not participate in practice on Wednesday. He is questionable. Sounds like he's going to go. Um, don't really factor in a ton to Wednesday practices. Noah Brown Houston Texans IR and John Mechie is back so I'm assuming John Mechie just swoops right in maybe a little bit of a snap share with Tank Dell for those slot wide receiver spots and then Kyler Gordon nickel corner for the Bears broke his hand I guess second year guy Josh Blackwell is going to take the nickel snaps and try to cover Chris Godwin for most of the day on Sunday Um, this may be a low-key shootout Uh, whether permitting obviously it's tampa bay it looks like there's always rain every single day i looked at that forecast like the next 20 days looks like rain so maybe that's just tampa bay in florida i only go down there in like february or march to visit the in-laws and play some golf and yeah i guess there's rain in the forecast every day in florida 
Um, Brandon Cooks, sprained MCL. He is doubtful. I will refresh the injuries real quick, see if there's anything that's come up in the last 20 minutes. Andrew Thomas, there you go. Hamstring, limited participant in Thursday's practice. Get out there, Andrew, and let's play a shit ton of Saquon if that is the case. Let's go into the games here. Uh, There's going to be some I pretty much just straight up switch or uh, just go over real quick. Actually, let's go into a couple details on players. So last week, the rush attempt share per their team, number one was Derrick Henry. Number two was Brian Robinson for Washington. No surprise there. I think we all saw that coming. Jamal Williams for the Saints. We knew that was coming. Kenneth Walker, love to see that when he was kind of questionable throughout the week for Seattle. Number four, five was Jacobs for the rush attempt share per team. Um, No surprise there. Joe Mixon looks like his role is still solidified as pretty much a 2.8 down back. We'll see a little bit of Chris Evans, a little bit of Trevion Williams, but Joe Mixon certainly has a good role. So if you got him in season long or need a play in DFS, pending his price, I think it's like 6,500 on the dot. Yeah, Joe Mixon, always fine. Alexander Madison pretty much didn't leave leave the field as we thought. Christian McCaffrey, I love to see how much they use him, even when they were kicking the shit out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So kind of alarming that Shanahan would just ride him uh, that long. But um, yeah, um, looks like he's going to be a star when he is healthy. Obviously, that's pretty obvious to say. It's Christian McCaffrey, David Montgomery, number nine, and then Najee Harris, still number 10 in rush attempt share for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then running back route participations. Number one, rookie Bijan Robinson. Gotta love to see that if you're a Bijan fantasy owner or a DFS roster of Bijan Robinson. Christian McCaffrey, number two. No surprise there. Number three, Travis Etienne, number four. A little bit of a surprise for most. Um, I was actually on the under on uh, Cam Akers because I did kind of see this coming a little bit. I didn't think Kyron would get that many carries, but... Um, was very active in the route tree there. Kyron Williams for the Rams. James Conner, number five. Raheem Mostert, number six. Obviously, there was no one behind him on that depth chart. Jamal Williams still ran some routes. Rashad White looks like he was quite high for running back route participation. But again, he was pass blocking on many routes as well. Kenneth Walker, the only guy to be on this list on both sides for rush attempts share and running back route participation for their team. And then Ramondre Stevenson. So that's pretty cool. Let's get into the games. So the Bears against the Bucks. The Bucks D is going to run a ton of cover three, and they are going to blitz a shit ton. That is just what they do. That's what Todd Bowles does. So against cover three, that is advantage Cole Komet and potentially the checkdowns of the running backs. I don't know how to handicap that backfield. No interest in that backfield. And then against the Blitz, uh, it should be the X spot. So that's going to be DJ Moore, but he will probably see a lot of Jamel Dean. So not really interested in DJ Moore. I do expect a much better game for DJ Moore for the record, but also against the Blitz advantage is Cole Komet. And in the red zone, I found this very interesting when I kind of dug all this up. The Bucks blitz a ton inside the red zone. In 2022, Cole Komet had a 50% targets per route run. That is a very high clip inside the red zone against teams that blitz a ton in the red zone and damn near half of his touchdowns three of those seven were against the blitz in the red zone so look for Justin Fields to give Cole Komet a lot of targets per usual Cole Komet was one of the top tight end route runners last week and you know you could factor the game script in a little bit too because they were getting their ass kicked in the second half and had to pass a lot so it is what it is but the Bucks were playing 
um, from the no huddle often. And so were the Bears, I believe, if I remember correctly. Let me see if I have that written down somewhere. Yeah, the uh, the Bears and the Bucks were inside the top 10 in the NFL last week in playing the no huddle. So maybe this game does have some sneaky upside pace to it. Just whether or not Baker Mayfield and Justin Fields and the Bears can move the football a little bit. The Bears D um, ran a lot of cover two last week. Kind of interesting to see. They'll run some cover three as well and man-to-man, so they kind of just mix it all up. But against cover two, that is advantage Godwin. We talked about Josh Blackwell now going to have to play the majority of the slot coverage. He'll get some safety help too, I'm sure. Um, But advantage Chris Godwin. And then, as mentioned, the Bears will shake it up a little bit, show some cover three and some man. That is going to be advantage Mike Evans and also Chris Godwin. It's pretty much just a pass funnel to those two. And then the Bears just refuse to blitz the quarterback. That is advantage Mike Evans and his longer A dot. So interesting to see this game. Uh, Rashad White, I do have a pretty good projection for. I got him for 57 rushing yards. And I got his touchdown odds pretty much at like plus 155, 160. So right around the market there from what I looked. I do have him catching right around three three balls for 21 yards. So should be a good bounce back spot for Rashad White. I don't think anybody's going to play him. Let's check the ownership just overall on this game as a whole. Do, do, do. Bears got a team total of 19. Oh, man, this game is... Do, do, do. What did it open up? Sorry, I forgot the odds for you guys as well. Where are we at here? The Bears, 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 Bears. Do, do, do. Opened at 42, and it is currently sitting at 40 and a half and 41 at some books, and the Bucks at minus 3 as the opener, now minus 2.5. Um, so, yeah. Expected to be a tight game, just not a lot of scoring in the terms of Vegas's opinion. Uh, Rashad White, under 10% owned. I'm seeing 8% right now. It is still early in the week. It is Thursday. Mike Evans, 11%. Chris Godwin, 7 And probably no one on the Bears at all. Yeah, Cole Komet, sub 5 Justin Fields, like I'm sure he's going to be 1% or 2%. Justin Fields just is priced right around all the studs there of Josh Allen Lamar. And then more expensive than... Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. No one is going to play Justin Fields. So in terms of GPPs, you could get a half running back, half quarterback. Who? Um, oh, fun fact here too: the Todd Bowles blitzes a ton. Uh, last year against teams that blitzed a ton on similar rates, Justin Fields averaged 100 yards rushing on the dot. So these are his big type of games. The Packers didn't really rush a lot last week, but brought a ton of pressure, as you saw, just rushing three or four people. So. I don't know what to expect from the Bears offensive line, but on paper, Justin Fields should be in a very run-heavy script, which blows up his fantasy ceiling. So certainly like him there. And let's go on to the Packers and Falcons. We got an opening total of 40 and a half points. It is currently at 40, and the Packers are a one-point favorite. Both these teams like to play very, very slow, like we talked about last week with the Packers. Didn't really expect them to kind of force the pace at all on the Bears and, you know, kind of, I don't want to say hi, Jordan Love. Jordan Love looked fantastic, but it was a terrible defense in the Chicago Bears. But the Falcons, too, all they want to do is run the football and hide Desmond Ritter. What were their pass attempts? I have them expected to throw it 23 times, and that's probably way above market. Don't really have a ton of coverage that I really want to talk about because it's you know going to be a small sample size of this year and last year too with Christian Watson. So if he's back, I don't know. I mean, you could you could pick on this Atlanta secondary a little bit. Um, the run defense actually was not very good last week. Miles Sanders kind of had a 
relative field day for his price in DFS and had a ton of usage. So I don't know how much I'm going to have exposure to this game. I mean, if Aaron Jones is out, I guess you could fire A.J. Dillon up like crazy. He looked terrible last week, but, man, the opportunities will be there. If Aaron Jones is out, he'll probably be a free square. So keep an eye on that for the Falcons. I mean, B. John Robinson is probably just going to get more work every single week, but, man, he was like their wide receiver one last week. So they're clearly building this offense around him. It's a great offensive line. Um, So, yeah, fire up Bijan anywhere you can if you are interested in that. The only thing that scares me is the low total, but, you know, it is what it is. And, yeah, interested to see what happens with Drake London and Kyle Pitts because I know a lot of people are very high on them this year. Just going to be interesting. They are going to play very, very slow. Um, If anything, I think my favorite play in this game would probably be the Packers defense. I would assume, I mean, that defense is just so talented. I would assume that they sell out to stop the run and focus on Bijan Robinson. Um, Tyler Azier looked really good, too. He's not going to go away for a while. So, I don't know. Just a tough game for me to handicap. So, for that, I am likely out, um, besides potentially Bijan Robinson or the Packers defense. For the Colts... We got Anthony Richardson projected for 203 passing yards. So this game is a very low total, I believe, at the moment. It opened pretty low, too. It opened at 40. It's currently sitting at 39.5 pretty much everywhere. And the Colts are a a 1.5 point favorite pretty much at every book. Um, Would have loved to get more exposure to this game. Both these teams played very fast last week. But looking at Houston, they had to because of what Baltimore did to them. And same for the Colts. I'm sure the Colts will play pretty quick and go no huddle often just because it's Shane Steichen, but they kind of had to step on the gas a little bit to keep up with Jacksonville. So Josh Downs looked absolutely fantastic last week. So really good to see how just the speedy stud slot receiver out of North Carolina get a lot of work. I don't think I want to dive in completely on him in DFS this week. He is very cheap. I think he's 3,400 on DraftKings, but uh, he did have a couple first reads, too, from Anthony Richardson, so that's great. But, yeah, when you see a safety or a linebacker come to cover him, that's that's going to be a problem. He's just too quick. Michael Pittman, if you drafted him late this year, got the discount. He looks really, really good, so that is great to see. Other than that, just this game, I don't know, doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Nico Collins was a monster last week. That was probably just the, uh, the game script there for – playing catch-up with Baltimore, so don't want to look a ton into that, but it's certainly good to see my boy Nico, who I've been high on for the last two and a half years, it sounds like, finally start to come to fantasy fruition. Robert Woods um, got him projected for like a 19.5 target share, so a decent spot there too. It's just, does this game have a lot of fantasy fireworks? I think not. Should be a bounce back for Damian Pierce. We did see a little bit of Devin Singletary and Mike Boone there running some routes, so not not the three-down roll I was anticipating for Pierce, but we'll see what happens. It could have just been game script dependent there. I do have Houston um, project to play a decent amount of cover two, but heavy cover four. Um, against cover four, that's going to be advantage Granson and Pittman. Against cover two, that should actually be a more checkdowns from C.J. Stroud. So whether or not that's Pierce, Mike Boone, or Singletary, I don't know. So I wish it was Pierce because this would be a great price and a great spot to play him at 5600 Let's see the ownership on this game um, after this last coverage here. And then Houston, kind of like a mid-tier blitz, and that'll be uh, Josh Downs and Michael Pittman. And then when they play cover three, so like the Bears, they kind of spread it all over the place too. That is advantage Pittman and Downs. So should be a decent spot here for Downs. I see Damian Pierce projected for 9% ownership. 
I'm sure Zach Moss at 4,700 will catch some ownership, assuming he's good to go. Not interested in him or Dion. Anthony Richardson, Chalk Week, it looks like he's 13% owned at the quarterback spot so far on a Thursday. That's got to be leading the slate, right? Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence, there you go. One, two, the only guys over double digits. So I would consider Richardson in cash. I don't think I have any interest there in a low total game in GPPs. If that's where people are going to go, I certainly will not. Um, do, do, do. Let's go to the Lions and the Seahawks. One of the higher totals on the slate at 48, 47 and a half right now. Opened at 51, so this has got bet down significantly. I think that's a public and sharp betters respecting the Detroit Lions defense. Like I said, I don't think this is as much of a smash spot for Kenneth Walker without those linemen as the public seems to think in DFS. The Lions pretty much sitting at a four and a half to five point favorite here. So let's get into the Lions D. They're going to play a lot of man coverage. That is advantage DK Metcalf. They'll play a little bit of cover two. That should be the tight end spot. I don't think we have any interest in rostering Noah Font or Will Disley or Colby Parkinson. It's kind of a three-headed dragon there at the tight end spot. And then they used to be a very heavy blitz team, but I just looking back at history and how teams played the Kansas City Chiefs, which the Lions did in week one, they did not blitz Patrick Mahomes. Seems like not a lot of teams do that um, anyway, just because, you know, keep the safeties back, keep a lot of coverage, cover three, cover four, to protect the deep ball, make Mahomes beat you throughout the middle of the field is kind of like the wrap on him to – stay in the game at least and the Lions beat them so shout out to that I would assume they bring a lot of pressure against a depleted offensive line for Seattle get back to their roots of blitzing heavily that is pretty much what Aaron Glenn wants to do so I would assume that that goes back that would be advantage DK Metcalf and maybe a little bit of Tyler Lockett but some dump offs to Kenneth Walker in the flats getting rid of the football quickly so for the Seahawks side, I think the best fantasy asset is probably DK Metcalf, but if that offensive line can't block, maybe it's just check down Kenneth Walker. But his receiving prop is like eight and a half yards. I am very interested in that. I just don't know. I don't know. It seems like a trap line to me. I don't understand why his receiving prop would be so low. Um, let's see what his route participation was last week. 51%, so not fantastic, but he did run 15 routes, so... Uh, a lot of volume in that game because that game was kind of out of control for the Rams kind of beating the doors off them. Uh, for the Lions, we got the Seattle defense running a lot of cover three. Uh, surprisingly, this guy's dirt cheap. That is going to be advantage Josh Reynolds and the tight end spot. So maybe Sam Laporta. Looks like he ran a lot of routes last week. Not sure I'm buying into the rookie getting a ton of work, but man, he looked awesome. Shout out to Southern Illinois. I believe he is a Highland boy, which was uh, the conference I went to in high school. Guy's just an absolute beast. Laid that winning block where David Montgomery got in the end zone too. So guy's just well-rounded. That's what Iowa does to tight end. So Awesome to see Laporta. If you got him in Dynasty or something like that, you got a stud on your hands. I'm just not buying into him being a premier pass catcher just yet. Um, Seattle will run a little bit of man coverage as advantage Amon Ross St. Brown, and then they will not blitz. So that'll kind of take away a little bit of the deep ball for our, you know, long ADOC guys like Josh Reynolds or Marvin Jones. So that will be advantage Amon Ross St. Brown. 
I like Josh Reynolds at 3,700 here. I got him projected for 3.8 catches. I'm assuming player props will probably open at like two and a half minus 160, some ridiculous juice. Like, why would you even open that type of shit um, from the sports books? But we'll see. Keep an eye on that. This is a great spot for him on Ross St. Brown, like I mentioned too. But Josh Reynolds, I think, has significant upside in the red zone this week in this matchup. Uh, just worried a little bit about that pace when it got bet down so much. Um, but yeah, a lot of fantasy fireworks and a lot of ownership likely going to this game. Let's see where that is at. Uh, we got Jared Goff at 8%. No one's going to play Geno. I wouldn't touch Geno either. Kenneth Walker, chalk of all chalk at running back. And then David Montgomery, same price, sub 10% owned. So maybe there's a pivot right there. Just hate, you know, people that are splitting time and not running a lot of routes with Jameer Gibbs there. So we'll see if they work Jameer Gibbs in a little more. I'm going to run St. Brown, 12%. Not bad. Josh Reynolds, 5%. So it looks like it's a a value target that the DFS market picked up on. So good for them, but 5%, not bad for 3,700 for a guy that has significant red zone upside in this matchup against Seattle, DK Metcalf and Tyler, like no one's playing anybody from Seattle besides Kenneth Walker. So again, the leverage there is probably to play DK Metcalf. Um, yeah. And then tight end position. I thought Sam Laporta would be chalk at 3,900, only seeing 5%. So I'm not really interested there. I'm not interested in any tight end in this game. Moving on to the Chargers on the road at Tennessee. Tennessee, we talked about it last week, all their stud run stoppers. And Jamal was kind of just a free square in cash, but to fade in GPPs, that worked out well. This is a pass funnel defense. Tennessee just does not have a very good secondary to keep up. You know, you saw Chris Olave, Manu one, Michael Thomas was kind of tearing up the zone when Tennessee went to the zone coverage on the inside there. It's good to see Michael Thomas come back a little bit, catch the ball, dive down. Good for him. Um, The Tennessee defense is going to run a lot of man coverage. That is a big boost to big Mike Williams. I know he kind of got hurt last week and came back late. Didn't do a whole lot. I believe he had five receptions on five targets, but this should be a breakout game for him this week. I just don't see the Chargers running the football very successfully, especially if Austin Eckler is out. I forgot that in the fucking injuries. How do I miss Austin Eckler? He is still severely questionable with an ankle, and I know he's on Fantasy XM Radio saying, you know, pick up Josh Kelly. I think that's him hinting he's probably not going to go this week, but this should be wheels up for Herbert. Haven't seen player props drop on him, but I have Justin Herbert for 278 yards and just a, like right around two touchdowns passing so 21 points on the button um, from a fantasy perspective they have a team total of 24 points and where did this line open up we got the chargers it opened up as chargers minus three at 46 and a, 46 points flat uh, it's currently 45 and a half chargers are still laying three pretty much everywhere so not a whole lot of movement there um, Tennessee will also run a little bit of cover two. I'm talking all over the place here, going to coverage, then back to Vegas, then back to coverage. Uh, that will be advantage Keenan Allen and the running back spot. Just don't know what to expect with no Austin Eckler, potentially no Austin Eckler. And then the cover three that Tennessee will run like they did against the Saints. That'll be advantage Keenan Allen. And then they do not blitz. They refuse to blitz at all. So guys like Mike Williams getting their eight out long. And then Keenan Allen again, just because he's kind of running the CD lamb route tree that Kellen Moore had for him in Dallas. Great spot for both of them. Honestly, this may be a, a double stack week. You run it back with DeAndre Hopkins if he's good to go. We'll keep an eye on him. I forgot fucking him too in the injury report. Uh, he's questionable with an ankle injury. I, again, don't 
look a whole lot into Wednesday practice reports because it's kind of just a soft walkthrough, especially for veterans. They don't practice a lot on Wednesday, but this will be a monster spot for DeAndre Hopkins if he's good to go. Uh, the Chargers are going to run a ton of man defense, which is advantage to the X, which is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, if he doesn't go, Traylon Burks is going to be worth a look. I know Nick Westbrook-Akini had a ton of looks inside the um, formation of the Saints last week. The Saints do have their tough corners of Marshawn Lattimore and whatnot, too. So looking at the inside of the field against the Saints is probably something teams will do a lot in the slot there. Um, we'll see a light cover three. That would be where Nick Westbrook-Akini gets a little bit of work. And then Chiggy. Chiggy Okonkwo, I think this is a game that we look at Chiggy. I got his receiving yards at 35. I have not seen opening props on that. Let's see if we got a prop for Chig. Nothing yet. So I'm assuming a lot of this game is kind of dependent on Eckler's situation, so I don't think we'll see a lot of props drop early. I do think we had a Keenan Allen receiving yards of 68.5. Where's Mike Williams, you cowards? I want Mike Williams. Oh, there we go. We got Justin Herbert, 283 passing yards. So I was 279, so close to the market, maybe leaning the under a little bit. But now... Uh, if Austin Eckler's out, that's obviously going to push me more towards a passing game script in my projections for Justin Herbert. So a very nice spot for him. Um, excited to see what Chig's receiving prop is. I hope it's in the 20s. Maybe we could hop on that because the Chargers will blitz a lot. That is advantage to Derrick Henry in the dump offs and Chiggy. But yeah, maybe you can, uh, if you can afford a Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, run it back with Derrick Henry. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or Chiggy or something like that, get crazy, I don't know. But should be a game that forces the Titans to play a lot faster than they want to. They played extremely slow last week until they were chasing points, uh, but that game was pretty close, and Mike Frabel kicked a fucking field goal with like two minutes left, down four points. So, interesting. I don't, whatever, I'm not a coach, but I don't understand the math behind that one. Let's go to the Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. If they're like ranking my double stacks this week, it's so hard to decide between Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow with all the injuries in the Baltimore secondary. That's oh, that's tough. That's a tough call. I, I love both those guys this week. So Baltimore's defense going to run, you know, pretty much a good spread of everything. You know, a little bit of man, which is obviously uh, advantage Jamar Chase. They're going to run a good amount of cover three, which is T Higgins. And then in the red zone, it seems like they run mainly cover three and cover four, which is advantage T Higgins and Jamar Chase together. And then, yeah, not a team that blitzes a lot. So Joe Burrow should have a clean pocket. Let these guys get deep. I think T Higgins absolutely gets back in the scoring circle for the fantasy community this week. And then Jamar Chase, there's absolutely nothing wrong to say about him. He tore this Baltimore defense up a little bit last year, too. Love that spot. We talked about Mixon earlier with the price. Not bad at all. The Cincinnati Bengals, where's their team total at? 25, so one point higher than the Chargers. And Baltimore still sitting with a 21.5 point implied team total despite missing their two best linemen. No ownership in this game from the quarterback perspective. Seeing Burrow at five, Lamar at four. If I had to choose, I would choose Burrow for $800 less on DraftKings. Running backs, I will have no interest in Justice Hill or Gus Edwards because we may see even see Melvin Gordon get activated this week. Just a running back situation I don't want to mess with, especially when you don't have linemen to block. Joe Mixon, good price is 6500 Zay Flowers. I mean, what what can you say about Zay Flowers? The guy's an absolute freak. So love to see him come out and ball. But man, 16% ownership projection on him right now. That is with 
most websites right now projecting Mark Andrews as active. So I don't think I'm going to go balls to the walls on Zay Flowers with Mark Andrews coming back because, again, it's a different sample size when Mark Andrews is back, and we don't want to just be very recency biased on Zay Flowers going off. T. Higgins at 10%. Nice price is 6400 and then Jamar Chase under 10% at 79 If I had to choose a run back, though, for Baltimore, I think it'd probably be Mark Andrews still. I don't look a ton into that injury. If he's good to go, he's good to go. Um, but we'll see since he play a decent amount of man coverage. That has advantage to the tight end for Baltimore historically, but that was with Greg Roman's offense that was uh, a lot more run heavy uh, and gets cover two we'll see tight end and then the slot receiver which should be Zay Flowers and then since he should play a decent bit of cover three which would be more of the X spot which I guess is Odell Beckham and a little bit of a boost to the slot as well for Zay Flowers so in the red zone I think that's pretty much just advantage Odell Beckham actually on the outside he's 30 not 3800 that's Tyler Boyd 4700 no ownership I don't think I can get there with Odell Beckham. I got to rewatch that game a little bit because I was not super interested once. Uh, I was just not interested in that game at all, actually, with uh, with Houston playing from behind and didn't really have any ownership there. But Odell ran the second most routes on the team. So at 4,900, the dude did have a couple deep shots, 40% of the air yards, average depth of target of 13 yards. I think Odell Beckham may be worth a sneaky run back and could be someone that is in the Million Mercure lineup. Just don't know how much juice he has. I need to see him, how he's getting off those routes and things like that. But interesting spot for him. But nothing wrong to say about Zay Flowers besides the ownership's just a little bit of, a little crazy. Uh, Since he did blitz a ton like we talked about, uh, Cleveland did as well, but I think that was just due to the weather. That game kind of just called for it. You can kind of let your corners out on an island in that weather because it's not very in conducive to passing let's go to jacksonville and kansas city the highest total on the slate i think that is sitting at 51 points it opened at 48 and a half this is the one that the public and probably both sharps are betting up like crazy we got circus sitting at 51 FanDuel at 51 and a half so kind of choose your war there if you're interested in the total the thing for me with Kansas City, it sounds like Kelsey's going to try to give it a go. I don't think I want to be super invested in that with a deep bone bruise. I'm sure he lost a step a little bit and will kind of just run a lot of more uh, lower dot routes because he probably is very quick on his feet, but that's just me speculating, so I never want to doubt a guy like Travis Kelsey. But Jacksonville kind of changed up their game plan. They played Kansas City twice last year. In Week 10, they didn't blitz Mahomes at all. I talked about that. That's kind of what most teams do against him. But in Week 20, they blitzed a lot. That was in the playoffs. Uh, Played a lot of cover three in the red zone in the playoffs, but played cover two in the red zone in Week 10. Week 10, Kansas City won 27-17. And then in Week 20, Kansas City won 27-20. So Doug Peterson's going to be ready for these guys. Uh, Kansas City is a three-point favorite. I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to cover. I don't really like their defense a whole lot. But for Kansas City, I just don't really know how to handicap any of their wide receivers right now. I guess Kadarius Toney's still probably the guy, but who knows? He was so fucking bad on Tuesday. And Jacksonville is kind of going to show them a bunch of different coverages. So I don't know. I don't have a read. I mean, it's always interesting to see Patrick Mahomes at 5% ownership, so I wish Travis Kelsey was 100% healthy. That would probably hike up the ownership on Patrick Mahomes as well. But with the speculation of Kelsey being injured, I think that's kind of just 
keeping Mahomes' ownership down. I just don't know who to stack him with, so I don't know if I can get there. I'm always going to play a stack for the most part, unless it's a cash game. So you can certainly use Kansas City's Patrick Mahomes in cash if you want to. Vegas is telling you pretty much to do it. His passing props right at 300 yards is where the hell is the ball going. It could be all of these guys. Rasheed Rice actually had a ton of targets for... Uh, routes ran I think he was number one actually in the NFL if your route tree was more than 25% of the routes for the team so interesting to see if he can get the get the work there I think he's going to play the slot a little bit more too so I don't know Uh, Kansas City's defense should play a lot of man and heavy cover too against man that is the slot man Christian Kirk should see a lot more three wide receiver sets, especially if Kansas City could score I just don't think they really needed Christian Kirk last week and they were running some two tight end sets as well uh, against cover two, that is advantage Evan Ingram, and then a team that should blitz a lot in the Kansas City will be another advantage to the slot in Christian Kirk. This should be a, not a breakout game, but a coming back to life game for Christian Kirk. Looking at ownership, um, you know, Kevin Ridley obviously looked awesome. Just want to touch on him. I don't want to avoid him or anything like that, but 7,200, 20% ownership. Ridley should move around the formation a little bit. I'm sure they're going to scheme to get him in the slot a little bit too. Christian Kirk's ownership's actually at 10, so it looks like the public is just game stacking the hell out of this from the Jacksonville side because you know where the ball's going. It's probably going to Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. I don't know what to do with that situation. I think I would lean Christian Kirk in terms of fantasy points per dollar because he's 2,100 less than Calvin Ridley, but Calvin Ridley's an absolute star. If you stack this game, certainly look at him. Uh, Travis Etienne ranks pretty well for me in the running back spot. I got him projected for 15.17 DraftKings points, 61 yards rushing. So it looks like he was kind of the man when they ran the ball. But Tank Bigsby did come in in the red zone often. So I don't know what to expect from Travis Etienne, but he ran a ton of routes. I got him projected for 3.26 catches for 20 yards receiving. So a very solid PPR type of game. Hopefully in the works for Travis Etienne again. So we will go on to the next game of the Raiders and the Bills. I think the Bills just beat the living shit out of them, especially coming off that embarrassing loss to the Jets. Don't really need to talk about that game, Aaron Rodgers. You guys already heard it a hundred different times from every outlet you've looked at on football. Uh, Josh Allen's probably going to be my cash game quarterback i got him projected for 24 points the concern there and why i won't use him in gpps is i don't see las vegas pushing the pace in this game or even being able to stick around i would assume the vegas raiders run the living hell out of the ball especially with one of their best pass weapons out in jacoby myers this game opened up at 47 it is still sitting at 47 pretty much everywhere uh the bills open as a nine point favorite they're an eight and a half point favorite now uh, I mean, Stefan Dix is probably the best play on the board on FanDuel just for the touchdown equity that you need on that outlet, and he is only $8,000 over there, the same price on DraftKings. So Diggs, Allen, fantastic. Not going to play tight end roulette with Knox or Kincaid. James Cook in a really good spot too. I just don't know how to handicap their red zone rushing. I would assume we see Damian Harris or Lat Murray. That's why they brought them both in. So I don't just want to chalk up James Cook to getting – a significant red zone workload from a rushing perspective, but he is going to be their pass catching back. So plenty of standalone value with or without the red zone upside in James Cook. Uh, pretty much a 10-point home favorite. We always like to talk about that. I know J.K. Dobbins was in that, that spot last week and probably would have had a huge game had he not gotten injured, but that sucks for that. Um, Bills D, probably the most expensive team out there. So uh, fire them up if you want to, if you can afford it. 
49ers Rams. Not gonna talk a lot about this game. Just not super interested. But yeah, Brandon Ayuk, that was absolutely awesome to see. Ramsey is gonna play a ton of zone. That's pretty much all they ever run. Um, mainly cover three. That is advantage to Christian McCaffrey, and they should run some cover four. And they will blitz a lot, which is advantage George Kittle. I got Kittle for forty nine receiving yards. So let's see if there's a prop on him. I doubt there is yet. I don't see anything, so it is blank on my sheet. I'm hoping we see like a 39 to 41 range. Um, I know Underdog actually opened up the prop market on him first at 40 and a half. I do have an 18% edge on that number if you know someone like DraftKings opens up a 40 and a half minus 115. That's shit they like to do with player props of the 30 cent lines, but I would certainly lean the Kittle over just based on this coverage scheme the Rams should bring. And for the Rams. Not not interested, not going back to Puka, not touching any of these running backs, not going to play at well. I'm not stacking this game. If you want to get different, there is probably no ownership at all. And San Fran does have the second highest implied team total on this slate, I believe. Nope, third, right behind KC. Obviously, Buffalo leading the pack there. Um, so San Francisco, maybe you, you could get crazy and kind of stack this game if you want to play Purdy. No one's going to play him. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. Going to be very popular. I'm sure everybody's going to chase the points. Debo, I don't know. I feel like you can go Purdy, McCaffrey, and Kittle and get different and run it back with one of those <laughs> Pukas 20% owned. Holy shit. Uh, 2 2 or something like that. I don't know. I just don't think I'd buy into this Ram situation. The San Francisco D was actually very solid last week against Pittsburgh. Um, but McVay's going to have a game plan. I'm sure they're going to kind of stick around in this game. We got the total at 44.5, I believe, was the opener. Uh, 44 flat actually now bet up to 45 so it looks like the public or sharp money is expecting a little points in this game and the Niners are seven and a half point dog so I don't know just don't really know what to think about the Rams pass catching thing obviously you know Puka and Tutu were great last week just not sure I want to just ride that recency bias Moving on to the Cardinals, Jets, Cardinals suck. I'm not going to talk, or Cardinals, Giants, not going to talk about the Cardinals at all. Giants, this should be an absolute smash spot for Saquon Barkley if you can't afford Christian McCaffrey in your cash games or your GPP tournaments because McCaffrey is also in a very good spot. And with the uh, usage we talked about earlier, they just didn't let him leave the field very often. So uh, play Saquon Barkley, especially if Andrew Thomas is a go. No interest in any pass catcher for the Giants. The Cardinals, they can go fuck themselves. Uh, they did actually put up a fight against Commanders, but it is Commanders. The Jets, Zach Wilson, I have no interest in this situation at all. I'm sure you guys don't either. Their defense at 2700 on DraftKings and 3700 on FanDuel is probably where we'll go in cash. For the Dallas Cowboys, we got no Brandon Cooks. Um, just I respect the Jets' defense too much to probably get any exposure to that game. We'll go to Washington and the Broncos. Dallas does have a 24-point implied team total, so Vegas still respects them. The Jets at 14.5 just do not like Zach Wilson at all. Denver, Patrick Sertan just absolutely blanketed Devontae Adams last week. Didn't think he would shadow. He did, so uh, if you played Devontae Adams, and I'm not sure I advised you to, but I did run him back and just in terms of the lineup theory for my rust stacks. That was a little bit of a down downfall there uh Jahan Dotson 4900 is likely going to run very similar routes that Jacoby Myers did against the secondary and can beat them there because I'm sure Sertan's going to follow Terry McLaurin a lot so Jahan Dotson pretty good spot here 
I got him projected for right around 10 points on the fantasy side of things. At 4,900, that is a decent value. Other than that, I don't want to pick on Denver's defense. They look pretty good, and I will not be going back to the well with Russell Wilson this week in a low total game, especially after the shit we saw out of Sean Payton with them just milking the clock all the way down again. I don't understand why they didn't just push the pace. But uh, one quick thing on the Rams. The average up the target for the Rams went up four yards in week one. And they were kind of controlling that game too. So maybe this offense just is going to be a sneaky producer. I don't, I don't know. Just not really sure what to expect. Um, other than that, I think that's all we have for today's show. Kept it under an hour. I don't think there's anything else I want to talk about. So, yeah, hope this helped. Um, we'll just go through the, each position real quick on the DFS side of things. Quarterback chalk is going to be Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence for the time being. I'm sure Josh Allen's ownership goes up, but I'm leaning Josh Allen in cash on DraftKings. And then in cash, if you play cash on FanDuel, I think Stephon Diggs is probably has to be a lock. On the GPP side of things, I love the idea of Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, and I will write up a little bit on Justin Fields if you want to puke and read why I'm writing him up. Uh, the running back side, Chalk is going to be Kenneth Walker. Not really interested in Javante Williams. I did love what I saw a lot of him, but I still think we're going to see just a little too much P. Ryan to play him. From a GPP side of things, I think Saquon Barkley is probably going to be my guy if I can't afford McCaffrey. McCaffrey, I'm sure, is going to be pretty popular. At 8,900 there, but McCaffrey for, or Saquon for 800, 900 less. Good math, Nick, is a very intriguing spot. Not sure what to do about Rashad White, um, but the article will come out once we get some more injury clarity throughout the market. Wide receivers, Kelvin Ridley and Brandon Ayuk and Puka are all 20% owned. Zay Flowers is going to be close to that. Damn, Mike Williams' ownership is up there. So looks like the public understands that Tennessee is a pass funnel and should run a lot of man coverage, which is advantage Mike Williams like we talked about I'm gonna run St. Brown in a great spot the value I like a ton is Josh Reynolds and potentially Josh Downs so the Josh twins there um that's it there tight end I love this spot for Cole Komet like I talked about earlier if uh if this weather you know stays calm uh love Mark Andrews if he's bouncing back from injury there, and then Travis Kelsey will keep an eye on. Other than that, I don't think there's a ton. Maybe Chiggy. I like Chig at 3,300 against this coverage that the Chargers should run, should open things up for him. Uh, Durham Smythe ran a ton of routes, did have some targets for Miami last week, just couldn't really connect on anything. So I think Chig, and uh, especially if DeAndre Hopkins is out or limited, Chig should be in a really good spot there. Uh, defense, just play the Jets in cash and then do your own thing in GPP. So we will end it there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let me know if there's anything you want to hear, anything I missed. Always appreciate the feedback. And if you could like, subscribe, or whatever you do to podcasters on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, it should be everywhere. Greatly appreciate Spotify too um, also. But yeah, thanks a ton and good luck this week. Go get them and check out the article at Win Daily Sports.